0: Hello, welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin online worship service, where we gather virtually and in spirit each week on Sundays at 1045 a.m. during this time that we can't yet gather again in person. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimmerson, Minister for Program Development here at the church, and I welcome each of you to our service. I especially want to welcome you if you're new to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. Please feel free to say hello in the Facebook comments if you're able, and let us know from where you're viewing the service. Unitarian Universalists come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. Let's connect those divine sparks now, either by posting a greeting to one another in the Facebook comments, if you're on a platform where you're able, or we've also been experimenting with answering a question together, either now during the greeting or later during the candle lighting. Our question for today is, what brings you a sense of stillness and quiet? I invite you now to say the chalice-lighting words with me if you are moved to do so. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation.
1: Our call to worship comes to us from the You's beloved Mary Oliver. This piece, entitled Today, comes from her book, A Thousand Mornings. Hear these words. Today, I'm flying low, and I'm not saying a word. I'm letting all the voodoo's of ambition sleep. The world goes on as it must. The bees in the garden, rumbling a little. The fish, leaping. The gnats, getting eaten. But I'm taking the day off. Quiet as a feather. I hardly move, though, really. I'm traveling a terrific distance. Stillness, one of the doors into the temple.
0: Things that keeps us bound together as a religious community, even when we can't be together physically, is to have a common purpose. For First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, that common purpose is our mission. We hold it in our hearts all during the week, and we say it together every Sunday. Let's do so now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the Beloved Community. If you'd like to know more about what we mean by Beloved Community, please visit the Martin Luther King Center at kingcenter.org. And each week, to help us deepen our understanding of Beloved Community and the challenges we face in helping to build it, we've been taking a moment to consider how people who are oppressed may experience our world differently. Well, this week, Mike Lee, a white senator from Utah, used Senate procedures to block a bipartisan bill that would have established the National Museum of the American Latino and the American Women's History Museum at the Smithsonian. In doing so, Lee suggested that Latinos have not been subjected to systemic oppression or erasure of their history. I suppose he thinks the same about women also. Imagine what it must have felt like for a white guy to erase the erasure of your history.
2: Good morning. Do you have any place you like to go to be quiet and still and just be alone with your thoughts? In today's story, a new neighbor moves in next to Joe, and his mother tells him that he's an asylum seeker. Now, an asylum seeker is someone who has come from another country because it's not safe for them in their own country. But Joe doesn't understand, and what he hears his mom say is silence seeker. And so he tries to help his neighbor find all the places that are quiet. The Silence Seeker by Ben Morley, illustrated by Carl Pierce. next door to joe's house in the city a new boy and his family move in he might come out to play says joe yes says mom he might be tired though he has come from far away looking for peace and quiet he's an asylum seeker a silence seeker says joe i have never met a silence seeker before every morning he sits on the doorstep sometimes he closes his eyes i think he's listening for a silence i decided to help him i know all the quiet places around here and if anybody can find a silence i can i made two jam sandwiches and shouted to Mum that i was off out the boy was sitting on the doorstep as usual hello i said i'm joe the boy just sat there i live next door i said i know all the quiet places around here and i can help you find a silence if you like The boy looked at me but did not say a word. I waved for him to follow, and after a long while, he did. He followed me like a shadow, and we went to all the quiet places that I knew. We went down to the laundry room where there was the only noise is the click clicking of the zippers hitting the washer windows. But there was a group of biggies banging and crashing and jumping about to shouty music. We went down by the canal where the only noise is the drip dripping of water under the bridge. But there was a gang of up-to-no-goods, laughing and teasing and throwing stones. We went down to the dump where the only noise is the chink-chinking of glass in the bottle banks. But there was a bench full of down-and-outs, mumbling and groaning and crying at the world. When the street lamps buzzed on, we went down under the flyover, where the only noise is the hum-humming of cars overhead. But there was a bunch of mischief-makers, shouting and pushing and kicking cans. It was getting late. I knew Mum would be wondering where I was and if I was all right so we went home on the way I gave the boy a sandwich he took it gently and chewed it slowly the boy did not say a word but he took my hand and smiled it was the first time he had smiled all day well good night then I said I'm sorry we didn't find a silence but we can keep looking tomorrow if you like the boy smiled again and went inside That night I lay awake listening to the world. It was noisy out there. Early the next morning I got dressed quickly and took two slices of toast outside. The boy was not on the doorstep. I knocked on the door. No answer. I rang the bell. Nothing. I had an idea. I went down to the laundry room, but the boy was not there. I went down by the canal, but he was nowhere to be seen. I went down to the dump. He was not there either. I went down below the flyover. Nothing. I went home. I sat on the doorstep and ate both pieces of toast. My mom opened the door and asked me what I was doing sitting out there looking so sad. I told her I was looking for the boy, and she said that he had gone. She said he left with his family in the middle of the night when I was asleep. Then she told me to come indoors before I caught a cold. Coming, I whispered. Maybe it was too noisy for him here. Maybe he has gone to look for a silence somewhere else. I hope he finds it. Before I went inside, I closed my eyes and listened. Just for a moment, the city stopped and took a breath, and everything was quiet. But only for a moment.
3: Pablo Neruda is a Chilean poet, diplomat, and politician. He started writing poems at the age of 13, and he won a Nobel Prize in Literature in 1971. This is a poem by him called Keeping Quiet. Now we will count to 12, and we will all keep still. For once on the face of the earth, let's not speak in any language. Let's stop for a second and not move our arms so much. It would be an exotic moment, without rush, without engines. We would all be together in a sudden strangeness. Fishermen in the cold sea would not harm whales, and the man gathering salt would not look at his hurt hands. Those who prepare green wars, wars with gas, wars with fires, victories with no survivors, would put on clean clothes, and walk about with their brothers in the shade, doing nothing. What I want should not be confused with total inactivity. Life is what it is about. I want no truck with death. If we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving, and for once could do nothing, perhaps. A huge silence might interrupt the sadness of never understanding ourselves and of threatening ourselves with death. Perhaps the earth can teach us as when everything seems dead and later proves to be alive. Now, I'll count up to twelve and you keep quiet and I will go.
0: I invite you now into a time of centering, a time of breathing deeply in and out, in and then out. As we breathe deeply, let us fill the heartstrings that keep us connected with one another as we transform virtual space into beloved religious community. Breathing in and breathing out, we follow our breaths to a deeper place inside, a place of greater calmness, a place of silence, stillness, healing, growth, that place where a spark of the divine dwells within each of us. We'll have a few moments of music during which I invite you to continue meditative breathing and, if you wish, to light a candle representing joys, sorrows, remembrances, hopes. If you'd like to light a virtual candle, you can do so at gratefulness.org. month at First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin is stillness. What does it mean to be a people of stillness? Well, as I've explored this spiritual topic, I've had to admit to myself that I'm not always so good at stillness, at least not physical stillness. Like, if I try to do a sitting meditation, most, most often, after a few minutes, I'm like, board and then if I try to push it beyond that I'm like those dogs who could speak in the movie up squirrel squirrel and yet this actually turns out to be something valuable I've learned about spiritual stillness it's not necessarily about standing still being physically or even perceptually still rather It's about finding a moment of intellectual, emotional, spiritual stillness so that we can discover perceptual clarity. We can allow ourselves to perceive what is precious, what is most life-giving and fulfilling, the source within which our love of life lies. And it's about finding moments of being fully present in the here and now of our lives. So for me, a hiking or walking meditation actually works better for reaching that place of meditative stillness. Other folks in our church have shared with me that they also need some kind of physical movement to find that spiritual stillness. Some do it through gardening, others through knitting or journaling, and still others through various other types of activities. How each of us finds a place of spiritual stillness varies, but it all involves stilling ourselves in the present moment, letting go of thoughts of the past and worries about the future. And it turns out that research shows that these states of stillness are actually really good for us. Finding stillness reduces stress, helps us have better sleep. It can lower our blood pressure. It can even regenerate lost brain cells. It helps us clear cognitive fog that's brought on by our fast-paced and information-overloaded current-day world. Stillness helps us replenish Our mental resources and finding a state of stillness shifts us into what scientists refer to as self-generated cognition, a deeper mode of brain activity that integrates emotions, thoughts and creativity and helps us make greater meaning in life. It also turns out that finding ways to get to a state of spiritual, emotional, cognitive stillness is also good for our relationships with the other people in our lives. It raises our level of empathy. It helps us to be more present and in the moment for other folks when they need us the most. Now... I suspect that many of you, like me, are used to being doers and fixers. I know I can easily kick into, I can make this better, I can fix it mode when someone I care about is experiencing difficulty or harm. And that's not always entirely bad, but often, often what our loved ones really need most in such times is for us just to be fully present with them through the difficulty, through the pain. To give you an example of this, I want to share with you the story of a woman as told by psychologist and Buddhist Tara Brock. I call the woman June, though that's not her real name. June's mom was visiting, and suddenly her mother revealed to June that she had breast cancer. As soon as her mother said that, June felt sadness, guilt, anger regret she began imagining the future and all of her fears related to that future there was this really intense sense of shock she went into planning mode what needs to happen what are the treatment options how do we get the lump removed rather than pausing she went into control mode however june had been practicing mindfulness techniques and because of that She was able to pause. She was able to pull herself back into the present moment. The way that June describes this ability to find that place of stillness is as follows. Despite the spiral I was in, I still had enough presence to do something I would have missed otherwise. I was able to realize that my mom didn't want to talk about any of these things. As I was weighing her options, whether it was a lumpectomy, mastectomy, chemotherapy, etc., my mom sat on the high-top chair in my kitchen, staring blankly into a cup of coffee. I was trying to be strong for her sake and my own, but it suddenly became clear that that wasn't what she needed. She was scared, and she needed to be scared. Scared. I debated whether to give her a hug, which sounds terrible, I know, but I was barely holding it together, scurrying around making dinner and poring over doctor's reports, staying busy as a way of avoiding a total collapse. But being present, pausing, allowed me to shift to her way. I took a breath, walked across the room, ...and wrapped my arms around her. It was an awkward sideways hug... ...but it was also a long, necessary one. And then something happened. Slowly, she started rocking side to side... ...like a mother rocks a child... ...except the child was now the caretaker... It was a sweet, tiny moment I'll never forget. And one that I would have surely missed otherwise. Sometimes the planning and the fixing have to wait. Sometimes that's not our job to begin with. So being able... To reach that state of stillness is a gift that we can give ourselves and it's a gift that we can give to others whom we love. It's a gift we can give one another through this church, being present for one another through life's joys and life's challenges. Our worship, our readings, our hymns and musical offerings can all help each of us move into that state of blessed stillness. And that brings me right back to where I started. Sometimes sometimes stillness is not a lack of motion. It is in fact moving toward what stills our spirits, making room for a little silence. In our lives, it can be putting away our smartphones for a bit, especially when we're trying to be present for one another. It can be making room for some of that self generated cognition, tapping into our deeper emotions, brain activity, and creativity that science is finding is so important to us, whether that is through meditation, praying, hiking, gardening, knitting, etc. And with a pandemic that is looking as if it will get worse before it finally does get better, we will all likely need to identify the ways in which we can meet that prayerful, quiet, meditative state over the next few weeks. We will need each other more than ever in these coming days. And my beloveds, we can be present for each other finding that place of stillness doesn't always have to be complicated for instance there's a park here in austin called mayfield park where i go and hike and meditate when i remember to do it the trails are beautiful and there's this one spot where a trail opens up into this valley of lush trees and vegetation nestled between two rugged limestone hills Just seeing this very often stops me, moves me into the immediate present, gives me a sense of interconnectedness with all that is, and a sense of timelessness. What are some simple things that can move you in this way? What moves you into the silence and the stillness? We have a Unitarian Universalist hymn called Find a Stillness, in which the first verse goes Find a stillness. Hold a stillness. Let the stillness carry me. In the Spirit, by the Spirit, with the Spirit giving power, I will find true harmony. There's a biblical verse I learned in my childhood that says, Be still and know that I am God. While I hold a different belief system now, I think there is some truth in that idea that we can know the ultimate when we can find stillness. When we can let the silence move us toward the divine. I wish you stillness. I wish you peace. I wish you communion with the divine. Let there now be an offering to support this church and keep it going through these challenging times. If you scroll upward on Facebook, you'll see an online giving link which will take you to our secure online contributions page. In the drop-down box, please select plate contribution or one of the other purposes to which you can direct your contributions. You may also mail contributions to the church. We're gratefully checking the mail and making deposits several times each week. Now please join me in our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. As we go back into our worlds today and the coming week, may we find stillness. May we know peace. May we experience a quiet through which the voice of the divine may speak with us. I am sending you much, much love. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.